So many of you are probably aware that this past Easter, NBC televised a live stage production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical, Jesus Christ Superstar. And I have to admit that initially I wasn't very interested. My knee-jerk reaction was that it was probably just NBC trying to stay relevant by airing a controversial yet star-studded musical about Jesus on Easter Sunday. But the buzz surrounding the production did bring the old 1970s film version to mind, and that in turn brought another arguably controversial music about Jesus to mind, namely Godspell. And even though I had been long aware of Godspell's existence and had repeatedly found myself admiring the iconic poster art, I have to admit I had never seen it and wasn't even really aware of the exact premise, beyond it being religious in nature and featuring some sort of Jesus character. So my curiosity had been piqued and I decided to look it up online. I found the initial screenshots I came across from the 1973 film adaptation to be, well, bizarre. Jesus and God's spell, at least in the film version, is depicted as a skinny clown-like figure with a large afro, face paint, suspenders, and a Superman shirt. Not quite what I was expecting. I wasn't quite sure what to make of it, but my curiosity still not yet sated. I decided to watch a couple of short YouTube clips from the movie. Still wasn't quite sure what to think, so thought, what the heck, let's fire this thing up and give the whole movie in its entirety a shot. And I have to say, I actually really liked it. It impacted me enough that I found myself wanting to do a review of it. And I should pause to say that originally this was going to just be a review of Godspell, but in the interim I finally watched the recent live NBC version of Jesus Christ Superstar, and that led me to go back and rewatch the old film adaptation. I found that the two movies were very tonally different, so I figured why not do a kind of side-by-side -side review. So since I mentioned tone, why not start there? I'll state right up front that in my opinion, Jesus Christ Superstar tonally, both the film and stage versions in general, is much grittier and darker than Godspell. And this difference in tone can probably be at least partly attributed to the disparate worldviews of the respective creators. Andrew Lloyd Webber and lyricist Tim Rice were trying to tell the story of Jesus the Man. And Jesus Christ Superstar, the closest thing we see to a miracle, is probably this claustrophobic scene where a wary Jesus tries to lay hands on an increasingly growing crowd of lepers before ultimately being overcome by the ragged swarm. And even here, we're never shown whether or not Jesus' touch actually has any cleansing or healing effect. Weber and Rice's Jesus, in my opinion, comes off as somewhat hollow or lacking, more of a prop for the other characters to act or play off of, rather than a lead character in his own right. Perhaps, and this will probably sound strange coming from an atheist, but if they had given Jesus at least one song where he really gets to proclaim his message, the character maybe would have seemed more fleshed out or substantive. Not only does this Jesus fail to explicitly perform miracles, but he seems to fall short on the dispensation of wisdom as well. No wise teachings or parables, 
Rather, he's depicted as moody and perhaps even self-pitying, making declarations like, and I'm paraphrasing, not one of you cares if I come or go, and for all you care, this bread could be my body. At his worst, the musical's titular figure comes across like a sulky teenager moodily hiding away in the corner with his girlfriend, Mary Magdalene. Perhaps the closest we get to any kind of moral conviction on Jesus' part is the iconic moment when he overturns the tables of the money changers in the temple. But it should go without saying that I don't write musicals for a living, and this depiction was in keeping with the vision Weber and Rice were seeming to pursue, that of a human Jesus with the spotlight perhaps shining more prominently on those around him than on the man himself. I'll read this excerpt from an interview with Jesus Christ superstar lyricist Tim Rice. We approach the opera from the point of view of Christ the man rather than Christ the God, Rice noted. We had been well coached in the mechanics of Christianity and its legends and beliefs. That was drummed into us at school. They treated the legend, so we decided to treat the bloke as a man. We read the Gospels very carefully and that was it. What we did not read was 83 other people's interpretations of Christ because we didn't want to be affected by their views. We stuck to the text in our interpretation of what we think could have happened. We tried to humanize Christ because for me I find Jesus as portrayed in the Gospels as a God, as a very unrealistic figure. We were basically trying to tell the story of Christ as a man. If the goal was to depict a thoroughly human Jesus, and I say this as a non-believer, who can nevertheless still appreciate a good Jesus movie, the end result is a rather unflattering portrait, even by mortal standards. Despite its moving and masterful music, Jesus Christ Superstar is in essence a gritty, frenetic, and perhaps ultimately cynical look at an all-too-human figure who may or may not be the Messiah. And you might be thinking, well, you're an atheist, technically agnostic atheist. This sounds like the type of depiction you should love. Well, despite my harsh critique of Jesus Christ Superstar, I don't necessarily hate it. It does function as a kind of entertaining, lurid spectacle in its own right. And I really do enjoy the music. Everything from the dark, frantic guitar work to moving songs like Everything's Alright, Hosanna, and Superstar, which I tend rightly or wrongly to think of as a kind of title track. I also really enjoy the music during the trial by Pilate scene, and that scene as a whole as well. There were definitely a couple of moments from the 1973 film version that really stuck with me. I really like the way the movie opens. Usually I don't like being reminded that what I'm watching is artificial or contrived, things that threaten the suspension of disbelief, etc. But I did like that opening scene where we see the bus carrying the actors pull up in the desert and then the cast purposefully all rush out and start hurriedly unpacking all the props and costumes while that sinister guitar and frantic music plays over the scene and we get to see the actors transform into their characters. There's one brief moment in particular where an actor playing a Roman soldier now in costume decides to test out the whip that'll be used to flog Christ. He feels the weight of it in his hands and he suddenly whirls it above his head and strikes out with a test lash. There's something so brutal about the resulting violent crack 
especially when you contemplate the way in which the whip will later be put to use. During that same opening scene, we see the actor who will play Christ still dressed in what looks like some kind of Hawaiian shirt, examining the cross his character will be crucified upon. A ring of cast members then surrounds Ted Neely, the actor who will play Jesus, and help him get into costume. We see his head lit by the sun emerge through the opening of his robe, and his transformation is complete and the story begins. Another moment that affected me takes place during the entrance into Jerusalem, when the song Hosanna is playing. We actually get a kind of happy or cheerful Jesus in this scene, but when the lyrics change from Hey JC, JC, you're all right by me, to Hey JC, JC, won't you die for me, the camera closes in on Jesus' face, and we suddenly see his smile fade. I just found something poignant about that. And I should mention that since I started writing this review, I actually watched a 2000 film version of Jesus Christ Superstar that I hadn't even known existed. I just happened upon it while on YouTube. And speaking of the musical displaying other characters more prominently than Jesus, I believe this one was billed or described as being quote-unquote a rock musical version of the passion play seen from the point of view of Judas. And uh, I think I've heard of the original being described as being from the point of view of Judas as well. It would explain why he gets so many damn songs. But regarding this 2000 version, it has its moments, but I actually found it to be a little cheesy. And ironically, I found, for me, it comes across as even more dated than the 1973 version. A lot of bright 90s slash early 2000s type clothing, a lot of spiked hair, etc. But I have to say that I thought the actor who plays Jesus, Glenn Carter, did bring something to the role that I thought was a kind of improvement. He gave a very kind of empathetic and sensitive performance that I thought helped make up for the character's lack of lines. And a brief aside on the appearance of Jesus, in both the 1973 and the 2000 version, they seem to be going for that stereotypical white bread Christian bookstore image of Jesus you might see hanging in your grandma's house. I'm usually the annoying type of person who's always going on about how Jesus probably would have looked like a Middle Easterner, which he was. He would have been an ancient inhabitant of what is now Palestine. And, you know, he probably wouldn't have looked like some lily-white Anglo. But I almost feel like because of the ironic, sometimes almost irreverent tone of Superstar, it almost makes a kind of sense to go for a more stereotypical, iconic Jesus rather than aiming for historical accuracy. The Jesus in the more recent film adaptation is actually clean-shaven, but still has the long blonde hair. Ted Neely in the 1973 version with his long hair, beard, and aquiline features really does look like that stereotypical Western Jesus come to life. And one more quick note on the 2000 film version. The guy who plays Pilate, really like his voice, admire his passion, but maybe uh, a little over the top. Not sure if that's necessarily a bad thing or not, but entertaining either way. And uh, I'm not the only one to point this out, but he kind of looks like M. Bison from Street Fighter. And before I forget, the Exorcist TV series is one of my guilty pleasures, and I really liked Ben Daniels as pilot in the NBC Live version. Anyway, onward. In contrast to the secular approach of the creators of Jesus Christ Superstar, Godspell creator John Michael Tebelak was a lifelong Episcopalian. 
Lifelong, relatively speaking, sidely Tebelak passed away early of a heart attack at the age of 35. The young graduate student was fascinated by the joy he found in the Gospels, and Godspell started out as his master's thesis project while studying at Carnegie Mellon. If I'm not mistaken, the idea for the musical either came to Tebelak after a negative experience at church, or said experience inspired him to return to the manuscript. In 1970, he supposedly went to attend Easter morning services at St. Paul's Cathedral, where due to his long hair and attire, he was singled out and frisked. While describing the mood of the church that morning, he said there was, quote-unquote, no joy, just dullness and long faces. He also stated, I left with the feeling that rather than rolling the rock away from the tomb, they were piling more on. I went home, took out my manuscript, and worked it to completion in a non-stop frenzy. Where Jesus Christ Superstar seems virtually bereft of the teachings of Jesus, God's spell is billed as being based on the Gospel of Matthew. The cast recite and act out New Testament parables, and the majority of the song lyrics are taken from biblical and episcopal hymns. Perhaps the most compelling aspect of Godspell is its sense of contagious joy. The musical as a whole seems to be not just a celebration of the gospel, but a kind of celebration of love, innocence, and human kindness. Even if you're a non-believer like myself, watching Godspell may be one of those rare occasions where you almost find yourself wishing you did believe. There are some aspects of Godspell that some might find controversial or offensive, the cast acting out the Gospel of Matthew, including Jesus, are depicted as a troop of clownish vagabonds. Some Christians with a rigid view of how Christ should be portrayed may find this presentation offensive. Another controversial aspect of the musical was the decision of the creator to fuse the figures of John the Baptist and Judas Iscariot into one figure. Even as a non-believer, I found choosing to combine one of the most revered New Testament figures with what is unarguably one of the most reviled to be somewhat unsettling, the explanation from the creators is that Tebelak wanted Jesus to have a special relationship with the apostle who would ultimately betray him, and that they weren't trying to stick too tightly to the biblical account regarding the identity of the figures making up the cast. One thing that's brought criticism to Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar both is the choice to not explicitly depict a resurrection. In the case of Jesus Christ Superstar, Andrew Lloyd Webber supposedly wanted to include a resurrection scene, but it was something he and lyricist Tim Rice, who seemed to have a more secular approach, couldn't agree upon. In the case of Godspell, at least in the film version, the Jesus figures crucified, or rather tied, to a chain-link fence by the John Judas character. After his death, the cast take his body down and carry it while singing the proclamations, Long live God, and prepare ye the way of the Lord. As far as an explanation for not depicting the resurrection, Godspell lyricist Stephen Schwartz has the following to say. Over the years, there has been comment from some about the lack of an apparent resurrection in the show. Some choose to view the curtain call in which Jesus appears as symbolic of the resurrection. Others point to the moment when the cast raised Jesus above their heads. While either view is valid, both miss the point. 
Godspell is about the formation of a community which carries on Jesus' teachings after he is gone. In other words, it is the effect Jesus has on the others which is the story of the show, not whether or not he himself is resurrected. Therefore, it is very important at the end of the show that it be clear that the others have come through the violence and pain of the crucifixion sequence and leave with a joyful determination to carry on the ideas and feelings they have learned during the course of the show. And in that vein, I do recall reading a suggestion that the body of Jesus carried by the cast above their heads could be seen as representing the word of God or teachings of Christ being carried on by the rest of the community. Well, on the subject of Godspell's depiction of Jesus, I have to say that I absolutely loved Victor Garber's performance. He seemed to be the perfect fit for the role. While watching Godspell clips on YouTube, I noticed comments along the lines of, I'm Jewish, but I love this play. I responded to one person by saying, well, Victor Garber is Jewish too, and while we're at it, so was Jesus. Seeing as Matthew is often considered the most Jewish of the Gospels, I thought it was a nice touch, intentional or not, that the actor playing Jesus also happened to be Jewish. I guess I'll end by saying that although I think both musicals have their merits, if a Christian looking for something uplifting that affirmed their faith ask me which one they should watch, without a doubt I'd say Godspell every time. However, I don't want to be too harsh on Jesus Christ Superstar. It's an entertaining and thought-provoking spectacle that at least might get people to contemplate the nature of Jesus. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this special review episode. Thanks for listening and or watching. Until next time.